You're listening to Parenting Our Future with certified parent coach, Robin McMahon, author of The Yelling Cure and founder of Parenting for Connection. My podcast is all about providing you with the tools and solutions you need in your parenting so you can create the family you always wanted. On today's show, I'm going to be talking about your three burning questions, three questions that I get asked the most. The first one is, how how do you figure out what's going on with your child when they're too young to express themselves? Question number two, how do I actually get my kids to listen? And question number three, how do I get my kids to give me more respect? pretty big questions and I can't wait to share my answers with you because I have lots of different suggestions for them and some of them kind of run into each other. So let's dive into question number one. How is it that I understand what my child is feeling or needing when they're too young to express themselves? I totally get that. And the reason I get this question a lot is because in my book, I talk about taking behavior as secondary. In other words, taking the behavior of your child and not looking at it as good or bad, but looking at it as communication. And, you know, if your child does something naughty, does something wrong, does something really rude, taking that and putting it aside for a moment, not addressing the behavior yet or first, but try to find out what's going on with your child that caused that behavior in the first place. So when you have a younger child, and I'm going to say a child around the age of two, right? That's when they're really talking. That's when they're starting to explore their world around them. The first thing I want you to do is I want you to come to a place of acceptance in terms of their developmental stage that they're in. They're little scientists. They are exploring this world of giants that they're in and they're curious, they love learning, and it can be so frustrating when their body doesn't work the way they want it to, when they see other big people do things that they wish they could do and they can't. You know, this is a time of that can be so exciting, but so frustrating at the same time. So that's why there's so many ups and downs for your little ones when they're, when they're at this age. But one of the things that I want you to really do is just accept that your kids are going to be up and down, that this is exactly what a toddler's life is, that this is totally age appropriate. And if you can just accept and expect your child to be this way, it can help you to really show up in a calmer way instead of fighting against it. Because what we fight against sometimes grows and what we pay attention to grows, right? So let's pay attention to the good. Let's pay attention to the, the science that tells us that this is developmentally appropriate behavior. And in terms of science, again, we look at brain science and we look at brain science and it tells us that our kids at this age are living in their emotional brain. They don't even have the part of their brain that has rational thought, problem solving, and empathy, compassion, and be able to forecast consequences, that sort of thing. They don't have that yet. So they're only ever reacting from emotion, right? So your child, because they're so young, doesn't have a full emotional vocabulary. So it's up to you as their parent and their emotional coach to help them to identify their emotions, right? So 
So what I want you to do is when your child is upset and what I, what I say in my, in my book and what I say to parents all the time is find out what's really going on with them. Well, if they're too young, then they can't tell you. So I want you to give them some suggestions. Are you feeling frustrated? Are you feeling embarrassed? Are you feeling angry? Are you feeling sad? Are you feeling disappointed? What are the feelings you're, feelings you're feeling? Now, here's the thing. Most of us weren't brought up with a vocabulary, a big vocabulary of emotions, were we? And we're trying to do that for our kids now. And if you're here with this podcast, joining me on this podcast, then this is a really important part of the peaceful parenting process that I live and that I teach is really being in touch with your emotions. And I walk around talking about my emotions to normalize it. I will say I'm feeling really agitated today or I'm feeling really silly today. So guys, I'm going to crack a bunch of dad jokes or I'm going to just, you know, I'm going to pretend that I'm dancing or I'm going to make you speak into this ketchup bottle like it's a microphone because I'm going to pretend to interview you. I do all sorts of silly things or I'm angry and I'm agitated and I'm frustrated and I'll tell my boys, look, guys, I need some space right now because I'm afraid that if I talk to you or if you ask me for something, I might come across in a mean way and I don't want you to think that I'm mad at you because I'm not, I'm just frustrated, right? So I talk in feelings all the time, but it was a process for me to identify my own feelings and also to, to, to speak them. So I'm going to help you with this. I'm going to help you with this beautiful one page of emotions that you can use. And I'm going to put that link in the, in the show notes. This is not something I've created. I've taken it from grokktheworld.com. That's G-R-O-K, theworld.com, which is a fantastic site that is all about feelings and needs and nonviolent communication. So I want you to use this to help you identify your own emotions and your child's emotions. Because it's going to be pretty hard for you to identify your child's if you don't know your own. Okay? So identifying emotions is really key. So when your child is upset, first I want you to accept that this is just temporary. That this type of behavior and this stage in their life is temporary and this too shall pass. Okay, so that's step number one is to accept. Then I want you to name like, oh boy, you seem really frustrated right now because you didn't get what you wanted or it looks like you're really disappointed because your friend had to leave, right? So that's what you're doing. You're naming the emotion that you're witnessing, okay? You could ask them, do I have that right? If they're a little bit older, you can ask them and they'll say yes or no. Then maybe they can tell you what emotion they're feeling. But if they can't, you want to give them that emotion because to name it is to tame it. And for them to feel something that they can't name is scary. So let's name it for them so they know, and we can tell them this too, that it's normal that we all feel this way. So the next step is empathy. Empathy is essentially you putting yourself in the shoes of someone else to really see a situation from their perspective. Now remember, our kids are living in this world of giants. I say it all the time. And they're navigating through this world without a fully grown brain. We have fully grown brains as parents, so we can understand so much more of the world. And we have our fine and gross motor skills all developed, and our kids don't. So empathy is saying, oh boy, 
I can so understand that the one thing that you wanted was to play with your friend and they have to go home. I can totally understand how disappointing that would be. I really understand that. And then I want you to end with acceptance. Accept that they are just going to let those feelings out and that's okay. You can accept that your child needs to release feelings because they do. They just need to release them. That's all it is. It's just like a pressure valve and they're just releasing the pressure and it comes in the form of crying, of a meltdown, or some other type of behavior. But again, it's not the behavior that we're focusing on. It's what's underneath. So you're going to accept that this is a stage in life. You're going to name it. To name it is to tame it. Then you're going to give your child empathy. And then you're going to accept again. Accept them for letting their emotions out. And I'm going to tell you that it makes a huge difference. Just your energy of acceptance towards your child is so, so helpful to help them calm down because they feed off our energy and they know that if we're okay with it and if we just allow it, like, yeah, go ahead and cry. You cry. It sort of makes you so you don't really want to cry as much. Like, oh, okay, well, no, I don't need to cry now. You know? Okay. So that is question number one. And again, I'm going to leave you those feelings, that list of feelings from the Grok the World site in the show notes. So next, let's dive into question number two. How do I get my kids to listen? Well, that's such a good question. And a question that I'm asked all the time and is probably one of the biggest sources of frustration for parents. Here's the thing. Most of the time when we are asking our kids to do something, we're in the middle of doing something else and our kids are in the middle of doing something themselves and we're not even in the same room or at least there's no connection between the two of us and it just is not a recipe for cooperation. So instead, we need to do things a little bit differently. So the first thing that I recommend that you do is notice where you are. Notice where you are in relation to your child. Notice what your child is doing and what you're doing. And to really make this work, I really suggest that you put the effort in on the front end so that you don't have to struggle and suffer on the back end. So in other words, let's put a little bit more effort and time in first so that we're not wasting time with meltdowns and frustration and whatever else after asking a bunch of times. So, okay, so you're going to notice where you are. Then I want you to go to your child and connect with your child. And I want you to put your hand on their shoulder or give them a little back rub or, you know, ruffle up their hair a little bit and say, hey, bud, or hey, babe, or hey, sweetie, it's time to go. We need to go and put our shoes on right now. So it's time to put your Lego away. It's time to close your book. It's time to turn the show off because it's time to go. And then I want you to take them. But let's hold that thought for a second. So you're going to notice where you are, and then you're going to connect with your child and then make the request. But I want you to also recognize and realize that when your child is in the middle of something, they're completely absorbed in that world. They are, they are, whether it's in a book 
or Lego or a show, they are totally absorbed in that other world. So you need to give them a moment to transition back into the real world. That's why you touch them on the arm or the back or you make some sort of physical connection with them to help break the spell. And then you request and then you take them because a lot can happen between the words coming out of your mouth and it actually getting done. So I want you to make sure that you also go with them. And I know there's people out there thinking, okay, well, I have three kids or whatever, easier said than done. I know it's not easy. I know it's not easy, but this is better than yelling and screaming and getting frustrated and doing that same spiral where we, we're angry, we're frustrated, we yell, then we feel resentment. Like, why is it when I yell, my kids do what I say? Why is it that I have to get mad in order for my kids to listen to me, right? And then you feel bad because it's not the mom you want to be. You don't want to yell or it's not the parent you want to be. You don't want to yell and scream at your kids all the time. And then you vow not to do it again but then you do it again and then you feel bad again and then you say you won't do it again and all that. That is the, the anger spiral. And this will help you to get better cooperation. So take them, right? Our kids are very distractible. They're, you know, one little thing will distract them and taking them by the hand not only helps them to stay on task, but it also is a moment of connection. And our kids crave connection. That is the most important thing to them is connection to their parents. So you're going to take them and then I want you to give them any help they need with whatever it is that you're asking them to do, brush their teeth, put their shoes on, put their jacket on. You know, oftentimes we create a lot more struggle at this stage. We think, well, you're four years old. You should be able to put your shoes on. You should be able to zip up your jacket. You, you shouldn't need my help. You should or you shouldn't, and we should all over our kids, right? Well, yes, we want to encourage them to learn. Yes, we want to show them skills but we also want to get out the door calmly and peacefully and not damage our relationship. So I want you to look at your child's mindset, see if they need help, encourage them to do things on their own. But if they need help, don't go into the shoulds and into the frustration that you have yourself. Give them any help that they need. Of course, encourage them to grow and to learn on their own. But just remember that it's okay if your child still needs a little support. It's okay. And then you can get out the door much more peacefully. So that's what I mean by putting the effort in on the front end so that you can leave or get the task done. I always think of it as getting your shoes and jacket on, leaving the house. But just so that you can, you can get to the next thing with a lot more peace. So I hope that really makes sense. Really what you're doing is you're noticing, you're going to connect, you're going to request, then you're going to take them and then give them any help they need. I know that will help. And I have to tell you um, a funny story that I, I often tell. I was speaking at a, at a school and there was a mom who said, well, that sounds great, Robin, but do I have to do that every time? And I thought, well, I didn't think, but I said, yes, you do. If you want cooperation, you do. I know it seems like a lot of work, but it's going to save you a lot of frustration and pain and suffering. So you do have to do it every time and you're going to want to do it every time. I think what she was really asking was how long until they'll do it themselves. And I don't have an answer for that. Every child is different. And regardless, 
it is connection with you and your kids and it makes them feel not ashamed. It makes them feel more loved and supported and that's what we want. And that has a ripple effect throughout your relationship and that's really important. All right, so let's dive in to, to the third question, which is, how do I get my kid to respect me? You are currently listening to the Parenting Our Future podcast. I'm parent coach Robin McMahon. If you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with someone who you think might need to hear this message. And don't forget to subscribe, and I would be grateful if you gave me a five-star rating over iTunes. If something I've said today has sparked your interest, I'd love to further the conversation. So please connect with me at www.parentingforconnection.com or on social media, which is linked in the show notes. Now back to the show. Okay, let's dive into question number three, which is how do I get my child to respect me? Disrespect happens a lot. And I hear uh, most parents that come to me, actually, uh, one of the things that they say is my child is really disrespectful. So I look at disrespect just like I do behavior. And I look at it as secondary. I look at it as a, as a symptom of something else going on. Now, a couple things with disrespect. It is such a hot topic because oftentimes parents take it very personally because disrespect is often very personal. And it's harder for us to separate from the disrespect than it would be from um, other types of behavior, right? Because disrespect is like, I hate you, or you're the worst, I wish you were never my mom, or shut up, I hate you, right? All of those things, those are really personal. But I want you to really find it in, your, in yourself, find the strength to put it aside and say, I'm not going to deal with that just yet, but I'm going to find out what's going on with you first. So what's really going on with my child right now? And you can go to your child and say, oh boy, for you to say that to me, I know that you must be, insert feelings here from your giant list of feelings that I'm giving you uh, in the show notes. So you must be feeling overwhelmed. You must be feeling agitated, frustrated. You must be feeling embarrassed, angry, uh, bewildered. Let's get some really good words in there. Let's, you know, change it up from just angry, sad, mad, glad. You know, we want to give our kids a cornucopia of emotions that they can pull from, right? We want them to have a strong emotional intelligence. So this is your chance. This is how you build it. You want to call it out for them, no matter what their age is, right? It looks like you are discombobulated. <laughs> and that's what made you lash out at me. Tell me about it. What's going on? How come? How come? So in this step, you're listening or you're seeking to understand. And then the next step is to listen for understanding. The key here is that you do not listen to respond. We so often just listen to respond and we don't actually fully listen. So I want you to deeply listen to your child and find out why, which means your lips stay closed. It means your phone is somewhere else, that you are fully present in mind and in body, listening to your child without judgment, without trying to get an answer formulated, and without looking for criticism in your child, right? So we listen to them and then we say, okay, okay. And from there, you can give them empathy, 
if it's not something that you can have a solution for, or you say, okay. So if that's the case, if that's what's going on with you, then how do we fix it for next time? Create a win-win solution together, right? That's really important because a child is much more likely to participate in a solution that they helped to come up with. Win-wins are always, always the ideal situation, which means that you're parenting with, not over your child, right? And that dominant way of parenting, like you do what I say because I say to do it, just doesn't work with kids. And you never really learn how to influence. And what we're doing with this type of parenting and in this specific example is we're trying to grow their emotional intelligence so that they know how to deal with their emotions. And you are showing them that you are a caring ally that they can come to when they've done something wrong or they're in trouble or they're feeling some big feelings and they let it out on us right? We don't have to take it personally. We can just take it as communication, letting us know that something's wrong. You want to come up with a solution. And look, there are going to be times, let's say you have a teenager and they don't want to talk to you, right? That happens. And I get that. I've got a teenager too. So what you can say in that case is, look, I think you're feeling some big feelings here and I'm not sure why. I'm not sure what's going on with you, but I want you to know that I am here for you whenever you're ready to talk to me. I'm not going to push you, but I'm here for you and I would love to talk this out because I want to support you the best way I can and then give them space. Okay? Now, in terms of the disrespect, we've put it aside, right? The thing that they called you, the, the rude way that they approached you, their bad attitude. What you want to do when everybody is calm is say, hey, and listen, I get that you're feeling some feelings right now that you can either name or you can't name depending on the situation, but I ask that the next time you are feeling this way for you to talk to me in a way that isn't so harsh, that isn't so rude. So would you be willing to do that next time? And you want to get that agreement from them right? It doesn't mean that it's necessarily going to happen the next time, but you're not punishing them. You're not taking something away. You're not adding to the existing problem that already is. Because if you just punish them, then you're not dealing with what's actually going on. And it doesn't teach your child to reflect on what they did or what they should have done or what they should do in the future if you just strictly go to punishment. You want to talk to them, talk it out. Avoid lecturing though, because lecturing is all about you talking and them maybe listening. You want to just keep it short and ask them if they would be willing to do a better job next time and not talk to me with so much disrespect, right? Because I'm here for you. And the reason why we don't talk to each other this way is because we love each other, because we have each other's back, because we're family, and because we don't talk to each other that way. It's not okay, right? I hope that makes sense. Now, one of the things that I want to add is that I want you to grow your relationships with your kids based on mutual respect. So that means you need to respect your kids too. You need to respect that they have emotions, that they feel emotions, right? That they are sometimes going to behave in ways that are extremely unloving. But we have to respect that they're human too, that they have highs and lows, that they're going to have good days and bad days. And we often expect more from our kids than we would adults. 
and they don't have fully grown brains. They don't have the capacity to fully problem solve and reason and have mature responses. So we got to give them a little bit of a, a break and respect that they can't always respond in a way that we would want them to, that it's okay that they make mistakes, right? We've got to have that allowance that that we say, it's okay that you make a mistake. I don't have to take it personally. I just know that there's something else going on because I'm going to tell you right now, and I want to leave you with this, this thought that our kids want to please us. They don't do what they do intentionally to upset us or to manipulate us. They want to work with us. They want to please us. They don't want to be in a family where they feel that they don't belong, where they feel that nobody listens to them or understands them. They want to get along. They want to cooperate. They really do. So it's up to us to give them the opportunities to do that and to, to realize that that when they are rude and disrespectful and defiant, that it just means that something else is going on and it's a problem that we need to solve. It's like a puzzle. we got to figure it out. So I hope that all makes sense. Again, thank you for listening to this episode of my podcast and I will see you next time. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to this edition of my podcast, Parenting Our Future. I'm parent coach Robin McMahon, and if you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with someone who you think might need to hear this message. And don't forget to subscribe, and if you like my podcast, I'd be grateful if you gave me a five-star rating. For those of you who wish to get in contact with me directly, all my details are on my website, www.parentingforconnection.com. And of course, I have all my details in the show notes. Until next time, I am wishing you and your family peace and connection. Peace.